You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to quickly let you know about my Growth Accelerator implementation program. Now, this is ideal for owners or directors of established B2B professional service firms who want to generate more revenue in less time while lowering marketing costs. It's especially ideal for those who are sick and tired of the hype and false promises who instead like the idea of working with a partner that puts skin in the game with you and guarantees results. Now, if that is you, then the Growth Accelerator implementation program could be the perfect solution to setting you on the path to sustainable growth. Because when you partner with me for 90 days, I'll help you implement a simple and scalable business development system that is guaranteed to generate at least 500,000 of new revenue for your business in the next 12 months. And if you like the sound of this, make sure you visit thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash accelerator and watch the short video that explains how it all works. But before you go and do that, let's get to today's episode. Hey, how you doing? Adam here. Just to let you know that this is the second panel that was recorded as part of the live stream relaunch of the B2B Growth Think Tank. So while you can listen to these as individual episodes, it may well help if you go back and listen to the first one in order. But uh, yeah, this is really just to showcase the new format of the show with the virtual hot seat and kick it off with a bang. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. I would love to know what you think. You can also watch the full live stream broadcast in the Facebook group at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash FB group. And as well as watching that, you can watch other live streams as we do them. Um, These kind of panels again other live versions of the show, and you can interact with me, guests, listeners to the show, all going in the same direction, sharing the same philosophy, a rising tide lifts all ships to help each other grow our business. So it'd be great to have you there. But enough about that. Let's get to the episode. Who we have on next, we have Chris Bruno from Social Inc., Amy Woods from Content 10X, and Jake Wilkas from Destined to Scale. So guys, if you are ready, I am going to bring you on, so please do not say or. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Good morning. Ah, good. Uh, good morning, Jake. It's uh, it is it is morning for you, isn't it, at the moment? So we're uh, yeah, yeah. Great way, great way to start yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure how much of the first one you caught, if any, but it, I'm looking forward to this one, especially in light of what we've gone through. And what I just want to quickly do is start off is. Each of you have been on the show before, Chris. Um, actually, Chris holds the uh, the, the title for um, most featured guest because you came onto the show once, and then right at the beginning of this whole COVID situation, we did a bit of a collaborative sort of social Zoom call with um, Travis Ketchum as well, and we got Zoom bombed, didn't we? That was that, that was, was fun. So, so much fun. <laughs> that was a that was a shocking there one. Was so, yeah, very very horrible content that was shared in in Indeed. that call. So yeah, Chris, you were da- you were down there at uh, episode thirty four, the big lie with social media marketing, and that uh, and that um, Zoom bombing episode was a number fifty eight, where we did manage to get onto a different platform and, and complete it. And um, Amy, you were on episode sixty four, the smart way to use content to reach clients, have more impact, and grow your business. And Jake, you were episode twenty three, find the hidden equity in your business. And um, I know I keep banging on, but we, we spoke a lot about uh, selling the sawdust in your business. And that's, mm-hmm. I've, I've loved that term ever since I heard it. So what I want to do quickly is find out what you've been up to since we last had the conversation on the show. And um, yeah, what's, uh, what's, what's going on for you? What's exciting you guys? How about we start with Chris? Uh, well, since we did that Zoom bomb call, obviously when we were all in our first ever lockdown, and then we've basically been in and out of lockdowns. So I actually got stuck in France uh, for seven months last year. I say stuck as if it was a bad thing, but it was pretty good. And uh, 
to be honest with you, probably like most people, it's been an up and down bit of a roller coaster ride, right? There's been clients that we wanted to help and we've done everything we can do to help, but obviously money issues, uh, their own income streams literally drying up overnight. So we did what we could to support them. And then at the same time, we've been very lucky to work in a couple of industries where they haven't really been affected or haven't been adversely affected. So we managed to kind of help them to can continue to build on social media, content creation, basically just continuing to get their message out there. And I think that's the, uh, the biggest challenge that we try and try and solve for people is, uh, is sharing more, being more human, being more social on social media. So mm. that's about it really, to a certain extent, business as usual now, or at least that's how it feels kind of coming up to a year into, uh, to the COVID lifestyle. But, uh, but yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Cool. Yeah. It's, uh, as you say, it's the roller coaster, it's the up and down. And, um, yeah, we've, uh, we've all got our own stories that's, uh, that's happened to us during this time. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a reality, isn't it? So, um, Amy, how's things been for you? I know that, um, you and I are in a similar situation with the homeschooling and all the rest of it. And we've exchanged sort of emails at interesting times of the day. So what's, uh, what's been going on for you outside of that? How's the business going? What's, uh, what's new with you? Yeah, so last time we spoke, um, it was the depths of lockdown as well. And here we are again. Um, well, what's been going on? I guess quite similar, really. So we, we've been trying to stay as agile as possible to respond to our customers' needs through, you know, the, the roller coaster that has been the past year. Um, I guess making sure that we, you know, we use that competitive advantage of being a small creative agency versus the, the bigger giants and, and we can respond quickly. So We've been you know, working hard on that. Again, similar, we've had clients that have left us, businesses is, you know, almost gone overnight, or they're certainly experiencing some quite severe trauma. Um, and we're trying to, we've tried to support them, but they haven't been able to stay. But then we've had an influx of new clients. You know, there's, there's lots of opportunity at the moment as well. So we've been making the most of that, supporting the new clients that have come on board, understanding their business, focusing a lot on LinkedIn from a content perspective, as well as podcasts and video. Um, and yeah, really just continuing to, you know, grow, steady the ship, grow, steady the ship, a few steps back, a few steps forward as, as it is in business. But um, yeah, we're, we're still happy and things are still going well. Awesome. And Jake, just before I get to you, I want to, uh, you know, share with you a fan comment. Um, that's <laughs> not going to put you under any pressure. Um, wow, a great lineup. Can I up? Uh, I know Jake Orcas, and he's awesome. So, um, yeah, with that uh, to put you under pressure, Jake, um, I know that you've been up to quite a number of new things. So, mm -hmm. um, and and one of them being with your uh, better better half as well. Yeah, so, why don't you tell us about what's been going on there and how that's working out? Yeah, first of all, I pay Tobin to say stuff like that on every panel <laughs> that we work on. So, good job, Tobin. Um, no, uh, yeah, I think. Last time we talked, um, I don't know if Ashley, my wife, was fully folded into the business at that point. I think we had collaborated on some stuff in the back end. Um, but yeah, so we had since um, we we kind of when COVID really kind of hit, um, I actually started getting inundated with uh, people trying to figure out how to how to one transition their business from from the model they had. And they're trying to play catch up. You know, some are actually trying to get ahead of the eight ball, but a lot of people are playing catch up and they're trying to basically figure out my, my expertise is kind of, again, finding the hidden equity. What do you do really, really well? How do we actually uh, remove complexity from your business and machine in order to focus on, on like the true impact that you have and then build new offers and fulfillment systems around that? So um, it's about increasing profitability, lowering hours of fulfillment. Perfect for COVID. <laughs> so a lot Absolutely. of people were actually um, tra trying to figure out how to transition their business with uh, letting you know people go, uh, brick and mortar moving to online, um, online with larger stuff that had clients that were being affected by COVID, that were losing clients and trying to figure out how to make more money. Um, my wife and I at that point, uh, we both have long corporate experience and brand building and, and everything and working with agencies and owning agencies. Um, so it kind of was natural progression for her to kind of fold in and us to kind of do that together. So we, we, we put out an offer and changed around the business a little bit and that's what we do. So we are a husband wife team, uh, which is kind of, you know, during COVID working together, living together, three young kids, spending a lot of time together. Uh, but it's been great. It's absolutely been great. And uh, it's been able, we've been able to launch some new stuff and what we call is kind of like making success accessible. Um, really kind of focusing on what we consider to be a mini mastermind, which is our destined to scale. 
And really, it's a it's kind of a way for people trying to figure out how to build those signature offers and and really kind of create a a, a better machine of their business mm-hmm. without needing to go out and then drop you know multiple five figures to get the kind of support and community support from other really high performing individuals. Um, and it's been great. I mean, just been massive mm. success with it and people have been loving it and it's been, uh, it's been life changing for us and our dynamic as well as the people mm. we're working with. So it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've all been sort of forced into that, uh, that, that tight space with all our, uh, our family <laughs> and our kids and all the rest of it, but you decided obviously to go one better and, uh, <laughs> you know, put the added stress in with it and, and all the rest of it, but it's right. great to hear that it's, uh, it's working out nicely. And I think yep. that, yeah, certainly certainly right now, what I'm hearing in, in what you're doing is kind of like giving a people potentially an opportunity to pivot from what they were doing pre-COVID and all the rest of it, and actually giving them that kind of clear path and framework to follow that will mm-hmm. allow them to do that pivot, that will allow them to adjust to the realities of working in the kind of environment that we are now. So absolutely, definitely go and check out what Jake's doing. So what I want to sort of go on to now is um, the first the first panel, what we did is and, and, and we had the conversation um, via the messenger and, and Alex sort of put his hand up and said that he'd like to answer one of the questions that was in the third panel. And I've actually thought that this is a good thing to bring into all three of these panels. So I'm going to start with a question because in light of the situation that's happened and there's a lot of people out there that have this unspoken challenge, really. And I, I want to bring it front and centre because I actually think that if, you, if, if you're in this situation or even if you're kind of going this way, nothing else that we're going to talk about here is going to matter. So... It's, it's all about the one where, you know, it's, it's the kind of burnout one and it's, and I'll repeat it so that we can, uh, you know, people haven't listened to the first one, but the person has sent this in saying, I know coming from the owner of the business, this sounds terrible, but my biggest challenge is myself. I know I've got people relying on me to encourage and lead them. And I know it's important for my staff in any situation, but especially right now, the thing is I'm kind of just want to break as honestly, I'm tired and I'm not motivated at the moment. How do you deal with the weight of it or when things get tough? Chris, do you want to have a have a pop at this one? What uh, what would you say to someone if they if they were talk you know if they came to you and, and and said this? So the first thing is you're not alone. So literally two weeks ago, I sent a message to my team saying you're not going to hear from me for a while, and I bailed out of Slack and I went and had five six hours completely to myself, middle of nowhere, doing nothing. Doesn't matter. You, it's not about that. It's you need to accept the fact that actually when your body starts feeling like that and your headspace starts feeling like that, there is no magic cure. You know, you can try and do 20 jumping jacks and see if that helps make you feel motivated, but the chances are it's your brain telling you that you need to just bugger off for a bit and take a little bit of time. Uh, and even if it means doing nothing, go watch a film, go turn your phone off, just do whatever you makes you feel good and makes you feel relaxed. We often forget about like energy levels and we're pushing, we push and we push. And then before we realize it, like it's just keeps going down until you've got no energy left. And if you're not refilling that, I think then you're, you're basically screwed. And mm. I watched the first uh, panel uh, and I loved the answers they gave. And I felt that they were all like super tactical based. You know, you need to review what you're doing in your business. You need to figure out what's going on. The reality is when you're in that position, you've got no chance of doing any of those things yet. And I think all of those things are hugely important. And yes, you should be reviewing your business on a quarterly basis, working on it, not just in it. All of those things, 100% agree. But at that moment when you're feeling like that, and this year, I've had a ton of conversations with people. Everyone is feeling the same way. They have one day where they're literally up doing press-ups on their way to their little home office studio or whatever. And then they get into it and they hammer out a 12, 15-hour day and they're, yes, champions of the world. And the next day they're like that, I don't even want to bother. Or they'll skip out on meetings that are non-essential or whatever it is, just because they're like that. Wow. So we're all having these fluctuations, these ups and downs. So I think first and foremost is that one, take that time because you need it. It's your body's way of saying to you, you know, do something else, refill the batteries before you come back and try and tackle this. And then the second part would be as well, you know, it is tough and you need to be there and you need to be at the top of your game for your staff, (laughs) but your staff are also human beings. 95% guarantee you that most of them are having similar thought processes at the moment. So actually being honest about it, identifying it, talking about it openly, it shouldn't be seen as a sign of weakness. This is a case of mental health being seen as a weakness. You know, it's not anymore. We're all talking about it more. We're more open about it. I'll share on here and I don't mind saying it since 
February, end of February last year, I've spoken with a counselor on BetterHelp, the app, every week. It's phenomenal what it's done for me. And it's given me exactly what the first panel talked about. Somebody as a sounding board who isn't in my line of work, who isn't doing what I'm doing, who's completely distanced from what I'm going through, but that can make me think think about things in a way that I never would have thought about otherwise, that will stop me and say, well, what about that? And you go, oh yeah, I didn't really think about it. So all of and these things, you know, sorry, go on, Adam. No, I was going to say, like, first of all, um, I'm going to have to make note of that app because I've not heard of that. And if that is something that's been transformational for you, I'm sure there will be a lot of people out there that will also find it. If you could pop that in the comments, the link to that, because yeah, that would sure. be incredibly helpful. Um, second of all is... I think that if people have seen the video from the previous one, and I'm not picking on you here, but they will see a different version of Chris because Absolutely. you have <laughs> slimmed down, like not that you're a big guy, but you slimmed down. You have put yourself first. I think you, you were saying that, you know, you've, you've, you're not drinking the alcohol, you're looking after your body, you're looking after your mind and all that kind of thing. And that's so important. Like yeah. sometimes we just don't necessarily connect the two. So You've documented, you've been documenting your journey on that as well. And I think that is in, that is something as well, I think that can help. You can actually just put it out into the world and, and show people this journey. I think that's incredibly valuable too. So Amy, when it comes to this sort of situation, I mean, whether you've been through it yourself or you know people that's, that, that, that have, is there any way of, of, of sort of thinking about this that, that might sort of help someone as they're going through it from your point of view? I think it sounds like a lot of it's been said already in terms of what I would do, but I completely agree in terms of I think you do need to just carve out that headspace. Um, you can't immediately try and solve a problem like this if you're feeling tired and struggling. I think you need to take a break. And I completely relate to this. Um, it's probably not a coincidence that we're going through a pandemic and um, you know all the challenges that we've all had. I think everybody's tired and everybody's struggling. Um, for myself, you know, we, you know, all the usual holidays that we would have done last year, um, the times when I truly recharge, take a break, everything was cancelled. So it was just constant work, probably had five days off last year, come back of the whole year. Um, and so I'm just saying I can, I can relate and to not go too hard on yourself when you look at what's going on in the world right now. Um, I've heard of better help. Um, I know people who've used it. So things like that, counsellors. I guess in terms of what I've done when I've been in this situation, just very specifically though, um, it's the sounding board. So I guess I felt like this about May last year. Um, and from a business perspective, I booked in a, a half day session with a business coach that I really, you know, admired and um, had worked with and was a client of ours as well at Content 10X. Um, I did a, a half day session where I, I kind of, I knew the as is of my business I knew the, the too big of what I thought it should be like. And I needed some help to really take a step back and work out what the paving stones were to get from where I was to where I needed to be to make things easier and better. So I, I think from a practical point of view, perhaps working out, you know, it's so important, the word team, there's a team there, there's people there that, that you can help. And if you're tired and struggling, how are the team structured? What are you doing? How can you delegate? Do you need to do a little bit of a restructure? All that kind of stuff, work it through with somebody else and work out the steps to what you think would make things better and easier. And yeah, I, I guess, you know, that you're not alone and don't try and try and, try and fix Absolutely. it alone. But yeah, be, be, be practical and go easy on yourself as you try and work through it. The value of an objective perspective can be truly transformational in the quickest time that you just don't realize because we can be so close to things we can't get out of our own way. And so actually finding someone that you, as you said, admire or you trust, or you can, you, you maybe have worked with in the past and getting them to come in and, and just take a look at things, just like force yourself to get away and have someone else look at it with you. Massively, massively beneficial. And um, you're right as well, sort of, you know, thinking, Right, just some light relief. We haven't had the holidays. This whole situation, I think, has literally just been a it's been a tax on people's fun. Like everything that we did is you know, do as human beings to let off steam, to, you know, this this world's crazy and fast enough as it is, with you know, it's supposed to get easy with technology. What it's nuts, it's just got faster and all the stress that comes with that, and we're not able to escape. So those holidays, those breaks, the kind of, you know, the the downtime, it's just not happened. And that is really difficult. And 
you know, as a as a fellow parent and uh, in the UK, one of my things that <laughs> has, has helped at the moment is listening to the podcast um, Lockdown Parenting Hell. I'm not sure if you've heard it, but it's Josh Widdicombe and um, Rob Beckett, two comedians, two parents. They bring on famous comedians. It is hilarious. It really does make you think that you're not alone. So anyone out there that's a parent and you haven't heard of that and listened to it, seriously, do yourself a favor. There's about 80 episodes and you can binge and laugh and brilliant. So Jake... How, what would, how, how, how are your thoughts sort of going on this after hearing what, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of it again has been covered. I think, um, what, what, what we kind of see, I mean, everyone's kind of in reactionary mode and, you know, you're typically, if, as you're building a business, you kind of tend to be in reactionary mode. Even if you think you're planning, you kind of react. And that's why we get, um, that's why we end up, you know, going off and starting businesses and becoming entrepreneurs only to work twice as much. Um, in some cases, you know, so I think, um, you know, and, and like you said, like you, you might go off and, and do some pushups and take a walk and kind of clear your head and then go have a 15 hour day and really just knock it all out. We, I kind of view that as kind of almost like a manic response, you know, and it goes in these waves and then the next day you're just drained again, you know, so that in itself is, is kind of not really solving the problem. It's kind of, you know, putting, I guess, band-aids on the issues. So, what we uh, what we kind of do and we do on ourselves and we're very deliberate about it and we try to push our clients to do the same thing. But we always kind of start with like, what do you want your day to look like first and then block out like that day? So we do a lot of time blocking, a lot of time blocking. You have morning, you know, we have kids. So morning routine, we want to be able to do this. Right. And we don't want to have anything impede on that time at dinner time. We want to be able to do this. We want to be able to take an hour and a half walk a day. You want to be able to, you know, take, you know, two Fridays off a month. We start with really kind of the life that we want. And then based upon the gray areas that are left over, that's where we actually design the systems and, and the process in those gray areas in order to actually manage the business that we want to lead in order to give us that life. So it's almost kind of like, you think like the profit first kind of mentality towards finance. It's almost kind of like personal first. And then we then the business actually is developed around that and support that. And that kind of actually makes it to where you're extremely deliberate about your day. You have to be, you know, you have to put those no-goes on it and protect it or else what's the point? But I think that that kind of slowly over time kind of tends to get you out of that reactionary mode. Um, so you're not having those manic things. And of course, things creep in, fires happen, um, things happen that you have to react to. But um, it's just, I think even having a more deliberate approach to how your life works than the business to support it, um, it, it changes the way you kind of go about it. It has for us. And then as far as like you're talking about, uh, talking with people, I haven't done the apps or, or, you know, anything like that. It sounds fantastic. I'll look at it, but, um, we actually do, um, we started actually paying for like office days with um, a coach that we really like. And that's just, again, just like you said, can't read the label from inside the bottle. We need to reset. We need to make sure we're on it. We're make sure that we're kind of still heading towards our goal. Um, and it was so good for us that we started offering it as well. And it's, you don't have to be a client. You can just, Hey, like I just need to talk to someone and I kind of like the way you think. Um, and I need a fresh outlook. Am I going right? And now, you know, those kind of things, if you're not a client or someone we, we, we're pretty, we're pretty um, cognizant of the fact that we can't go too deep and give you a bunch of stuff. So we keep it pretty general and really kind of just talk about what their goals are and, and, you know, whether or not they're kind of, we see that they're set up for it, but you know, you can get, you can cause some damage getting in there and messing around with stuff if you don't have those origin points, but Mm. it's good just to have conversations. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's about. And I, and I think, you know, yeah, even if you, you don't go deep with people or, or anything like that. One of the one of the big things that I think that we sometimes forget is is being heard can really really make a difference. Somebody gives you like that very focused time when they listen and focus on you because in a in a in a normal everyday life, certainly with you know kids and family and all the rest of it, it you just get lost sometimes. You feel like you're at the you know you push down the pile and and that's with everybody in the family. It's it's not just one person. Mm-hmm. And being able to give that focused attention, like that can be incredibly valuable, like actually being seen, actually being heard. And, I, and I that's think, the value of other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny in those office days. I mean, really what we try to focus on is just asking better questions. 
So it's not really like telling them, you know, giving them responses. It's more of asking just better questions, like multiple layered questions. And they typically end up telling us, telling themselves what they really are kind of looking for and getting there because you have it. I mean, you know, something's wrong. So you have an answer there. You just need to, mm -hmm. you know, surface answer, surface questions, get surface answers. And you don't get anywhere. So we kind of, I mean, that's what it typically happens. We don't have, we don't have true like knowledge of exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's just, like I said, asking better questions and listening and, helping them kind of find their own answers. So, and it's certainly a theme that that's come across the first, the first panel, this panel, but to be honest, it's, it's a theme that has gone throughout every, you know, almost every episode that I've done of the previous version of the show. And that is the importance of outside help, mentors, coaches, all that kind of thing. And it's, it's getting that outside perspective. It's having people there to ask you the questions, either that you don't know to answer, because if you don't know the right question to answer, how are you going to find the solution? But also ask you the questions that you're scared to ask yourself because somebody else will ask them, but in a, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a way that is going to sort of help you really get to the core of an issue. So I think that's a thing that, that, that has always come up on the show. It's, it's so valuable, the value of having, yeah, just that, that, that other perspective and somebody that you can trust to share that with as, as the person that's running the show. So thank you ever so much guys. I know that the, yeah, it's, it's something that is um, incredibly, yeah, it's prevalent now. So what I want to come on to, uh, with the next one is, uh, let me find it. So this will be an interesting one. Um, considering everyone here is, um, very used to working with clients and all that kind of stuff. So somebody sent this one in and I think this is a, tr a challenge that we can all, yeah, empathize with, um, especially if it's a, a large client, but they've sent in this, this challenge that says, I'm thinking of firing our biggest client because they're constantly picking at everything we do for them. They treat us like robots and they want everything on the treat cheap. Now my staff, they don't like working with them. It's a drain on morale, but my business partner thinks it's a bad idea in this climate as we need to plug the hole they'd leave within a couple of months. How would you guys handle this? So. Amy, why don't we uh, we throw that one to you first? Because uh... it's it's the funniest thing because I've been going through this um, at this very moment, and actually this morning I fired <laughs> our biggest client. <laughs> so oh, wow! It couldn't be more timely. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we had a, a challenging Not prepared client. at all, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same situation. So um, a client that signed up to our services and. Very early on, it was clear that they hadn't paid any attention to the service that they'd actually signed up for, um, despite you know numerous calls, very clear quotes and service agreements, and, and uh, you know couldn't have been clearer. Even like simple infographics explaining how we work and like every angle, but they they never really understood, and we had communication challenges constantly. Um, and the you know it was a challenge to serve them, and most importantly to me it was a challenge for us to deliver to, to be our best and to to deliver the service that we're known for and that we pride ourselves on because the communication issues that we were having were such a hindrance to actually working with them. Um, and the team, you know, we, we did a, a exercise earlier this week, uh, a perfect client exercise, where we. Um, spent an hour brainstorming what made our perfect clients from every angle. Um, I wanted to see what creative thought versus what copywriting thought versus what account management thought. And um, we went through that and specifically went through our clients and talked about who are the ones that we enjoy working with the most and who are the ones we enjoy not working with. What's, sorry, who we don't enjoy working with. And this client was across the board don't enjoy working with to the point that one of my team members said that she was actually having nightmares where, where he was shouting at her in, in her kitchen for not getting copywriting correct and things like that. That's so, yeah. yeah, so when we had this challenge um, with them, um, you know, I just decided that that was it. So it was from the perspective of, yes, they're the, the biggest client, but um, it, you, they're causing the amount of time that we were allocating to them versus the reward was not in alignment at all. And if we remove them from from serving them, the amount of time that we'll free up, not just from time to serve other clients, but mental capacity of the team not being stressed about it and worrying about them and things like that. You know, we just had to pull together then 
and find the next client and the replacement clients. And we weren't going to be able to do that if we didn't have the capacity and we just kept on serving them. So mm. we couldn't keep on serving them and find that replacement. So, you know, it's it's a bold decision, but you just you just have to do it. You have to work out how are you going to find the, the next client, um, work out that it is the best thing to do for your team, be confident that you have a good product or a good service, whatever business it is. And yeah, just pull the plug because um, it is not, we don't start businesses to uh, work with people that we don't like to work with. Absolutely. Uh, um, I'd be curious to know whether or not after going through that exercise, whether you now feel that you'll be better equipped to actually qualify your clients in the future and, and if that's yeah. empowered the team as well. Yeah, it has. So the, it, the reason we did this, this perfect client workshop was to do a few things. So We've changed our pre-qualified process now, just slight tweaks and things like that to make sure that it's aligned more with the people that we want to work with. Um, we've then also changed um, some of our content as well. But uh, specifically, we're currently building um, a content fortress, which is a really great concept that Martin Huntbatch and Lindsay Cambridge um, wrote a book recently called Content Fortress. And it's about... Um, creating content that is out there and published on your site that really is designed not just to attract the right people, but also very importantly, repel the people that you don't want to work with. So it's content around, you know, why do we charge what we charge and things like that, how, you know, Mm. why you might not be the right client for us and then write about the client, you know, the kind of clients that just don't gel well with the service or the products or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So we did it to build the fortress, which we're going to build into our prospecting um, service now. Uh, sorry, our prospecting and the sales process of just sharing some of these articles and some of these pieces that are published on our site about who we like to work with and who works well with us and who doesn't. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's kind of aligned all the way through from the content, from prospecting, from the sales process. So we've, I've tweaked the, the the questions that we go through during the sales process because it's just as much about us deciding if we want to work with them as it is about mm. them deciding whether they're going to say yes as well. So it's kind of like it, the, the red velvet rope policy that um, I think uh, Michael Port talks about in Book Yourself Solid. It's it's yeah. having that up and very clear who you will, who who you will let into the nightclub and who you won't. So uh, yeah, um, it, it, that's totally totally serendipitous that that it literally had happened this week. So really, really interesting to get the perspective of someone that's literally just done it. So Chris, I've got to come on to you last because I know you've got a bit more of an aggressive stance on this sort of thing. Um, so, <laughs> so Jake, um, how would you sort of like, yeah, anything you would add? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's perfect. First of all, congratulations for for recognizing that and making that decision. That's, uh, that's incredible. I love hearing stuff like that. Um, I'm actually excited to hear Chris's aggressive stance on this. Uh, look, so sometimes I need to be more aggressive with it, but I, you know, I think um, everything that we've kind of worked on, especially in the past year um, is about alignment and not only alignment with what we want to do and, and who we want to serve, but alignment with like, who's actually going to benefit the most from what we do and making sure, like you said, working on content, um, that alignment starts way up the chain, you know, just getting people in and, and putting them through kind of a, you know, an application kind of, you know, gate to see if they're right for you. You know, I, I view that kind of as stage three of that alignment process, right? It needs to happen so far up the chain um, that, you know, it, it's it's kind of a natural progression. So a lot of what we're doing, especially with one of our, our new uh, lead of sales uh, that we've, we are bringing into the fold, is that we we really are attracted to him because that's his specialty, is really kind of making sure that the messaging everything is is completely on point, way up the chain, um, so anyone that he or the team or whatever gets on the phone with or starts to qualify, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. And now you're talking about minute things, and I've seen people even go as far as saying like, hey, listen, I show up, you know maybe five minutes late to meetings. Is that going to be a problem <laughs> and seeing how people react? And they're, I mean, they're, and you shouldn't do that. I'm a stickler on time, but they recognize that that happens with them. And they recognize that that actually becomes a problem with some of their clients and it causes bitter things. And they just say, listen, that's a sticking point for us. We recognize this is a sticking point for us. Is that going to be an issue? If that's going to be an issue, then I don't know. As I mean, something that minute can be a little bit crazy, but it's really about alignment. And, um, 
And I, I agree. I think that um, holding on to a client um, purely for the money, again, you know, we all know about scarcity and abundance and velvet rope, uh, but it's detrimental to the team. It's detrimental to, to the growth. Um, it will not serve you correctly. Like you said, capacity, mental bandwidth. Um, we're big on effective hourly rate. We don't do anything by hourly rate on the outside, but we track hourly rate. Like how much is this process you know, profiting for the business. Um, and it's not only effective value rate from a financial standpoint, but it's also from an emotional and a, a, a just, you know, emotional state like standpoint, is it draining? And if it's highly profitable, but it's draining, then that that's off. It's not an equilibrium there. So we, um, yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We, we try to get out of quickly and, uh, and try not to get into it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then we find ourselves. Yeah, yeah, you can just look at the, um, you can look at the, the, the balance sheets and all the rest of it and, you know, money coming in, money coming out and all the rest of it. But ultimately yeah. you're not going to see the actual impact of that situation on the balance sheet right now, right. but you might start seeing it down the road where yeah. productivity drops and you can start seeing it on that balance sheet. But it's, yeah. it's kind of knowing that you need to take the action now to stop seeing the impact on, on, on that bottom line. Because yeah. And we, we definitely, and we definitely have different levels too. I mean, if someone's actually being rude and, and people do not enjoy working with them because of personality stuff, then that's immediate, like red flag. We have a problem, like this is unacceptable right now. It's issues with kind of timing and structure and how so-and-so likes to work and they like this and all the little, you know, bits and pieces, those can be massaged. Personality is very hard to actually change. So if, if we recognize a personality comes to the comes to the table that just doesn't jive, then that's like, I mean, that's a yeah. that's an easy decision for us. It's human, yeah, that's human yeah. relationships, and it doesn't yeah. matter necessarily how well you work at the beginning, setting all the expectations, making everything very clear. I think in Amy's example there, sometimes it just doesn't click. It yeah. just doesn't work, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, we don't get along with everyone. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's the way you do it. I guess it's yeah. um, it, it's how you sort of view. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to literally, you know, leave with a real sour taste. You want to do it in as, as uh, I guess, the the best way possible. Sometimes it won't work. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But um, yeah. yeah, there's and a way we, of doing it. And we, yeah, and to that point, I mean, we're not big on burning bridges. Sometimes you just got to go and say, hey, this isn't working out. But it's it's also the thing saying like, listen, I, you know, I think you might be better suited for this. Or yeah, it's somehow we try to. Yeah. We don't like kind of sour grapes kind of situation that mm. doesn't help anyone either. But um, yeah, I mean, and typically they kind of feel the same thing on the other side of the table. You know, they're yeah. not happy. There's a reason why this isn't working. It's not one sided, you know, there's, and so you bring that conversation to the table and you do it in a, in a, in a mature way that's talking about the benefit of both businesses, then you can, you can pretty much kind of agree to, to divorce and go your separate ways. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, very good points there. And um, Chris, I know I kind of like I've, I've sort of set you up there in, in terms of and what I don't I don't mean it's aggressive and all the rest of it. But we did actually have a, a bit of a conversation around this topic a little while ago. And you have an opinion on it. So let's hear it. <laughs> Send the boys around straight up. Yeah. Send the boys around, smash the place up. No, I'm joking, obviously. Um, no, I think, again, Amy, completely the right choice. Chasing money is the biggest surefire way to potentially go bankrupt, which sounds counterintuitive, but you'll be miserable. Your team are going to be miserable. Their creative creativity is going to go down. Uh, The work for other clients that they do enjoy working will suffer. So otherwise your other clients won't particularly enjoy it. Basically, it comes down from my point of view as if you've got a toxic relationship, you try and address it. Uh, Jacob, you said it as well, right? It's not about sending them a a shitty email at 3 a.m. sort of saying, by. Um, the idea is to try and address it. You try and find ways to be constructive about it. Look, you've obviously misunderstood or we've misunderstood. Let's see if we can refine this and, and realign it. But if you can't, and if somebody is genuinely making everyone's life miserable, it's time to get out just like any other toxic relationship. And internally we call them bad profits and we don't want any bad profits. Like I didn't start a business to be miserable working for people I don't like. I could have stayed in a job for that. I had it nailed. So my idea really is actually, how do we keep working with people that we do love? So the last one for us was back in October. Um, we got a message from a client basically saying, you know, your digital marketing strategy, this isn't what we expected. And we were like that. Oh, really? What, what's happened? They were like that. We were looking for a, an, a high level 
over strategic overview of our entire business. I was like that. Why would you think I'd give you that? I, I don't understand. So we returned half of their money, said goodbye, have a nice day. And we don't ever want to speak to you again. It's not in a nasty way. It's a case of there's something very, very wrong. James O'Donnell, who's our commercial director and myself are pretty open in terms of social media. We share stuff. We mess things up. We're constantly experimenting on social media. We're doing all sorts of stuff all the time. We don't care. Like it's just constantly about trying things and doing things differently. We also don't take ourselves very seriously. So part of our kind of, are you sure you want to work with us is exactly what you guys have both spoken about, Amy and Jacob. It's, you know, check our social media profiles, go through and make sure you understand who we are. We're the guys who this year have started playing FIFA on a Friday on a live stream and talking about marketing. Why? Because while we wanted to have a game of FIFA on a Friday, it seemed like a good thing to do. And at the same time, we could do a live video and chat about marketing. We don't do things like everybody else. We call it work, yeah. (laughs) And we call it work. Exactly. This is the most amazing thing. So thank you very much. Xbox (laughs) Xbox Game Pass go through the company. No, it's not because of that, but it's literally a case of we just want to do things differently. We want to have fun. We want to take people out of their comfort zones. And again, we'll say to people, really go in, have a dig deep through our social media. Make sure you like working with us because if you watch some of that content and go, oh my God, these guys are are absolute idiots. Like I wouldn't ever want to work with them. Fantastic. I'd much rather find out now than three months into a terrible relationship, which ultimately ends nobody winning. They're not going to get good results because they're not listening to you. They don't value what you're doing. They don't implement what you're talking about and vice versa. They're never going to talk well about you because they're going to say you're rubbish when you're not rubbish. And you know, you've been doing this for a while and other people are getting great results. It's clearly an issue with the relationship rather than anything else. So I would always say bin it as uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I think that is a uh, a universal. You should just you know cut the cord, move on, but do it in 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 the right way that um, you know makes you know respects that you know you're just not the right fit. It doesn't mean you're necessarily bad people. It just means this isn't right for us right now, not right for you right now. Let's move off and you know. You'll find something better. We'll find something better. It's kind of like we've, you know, almost all of us have uh, have got an ex. So it's kind of like, you know, if you go stalk them on on, on social media and all that, you know, you'll probably find that they found someone better than you. So it's the same, re- you know, it's the same thing with your clients, right? It's, uh, you know, it's 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 just again, it's human relationships, it's connection. It's not always going to gel. So yeah, I hope that's helped. And um, yeah, you are you're no longer thinking. And I guess it's it's. There's an added thing in there around a complication when you've got a a business partner that doesn't necessarily want to do it, even though they'll see it's probably the right thing to do. So that can be a bit of a challenge. But um, yeah, I want to sort of come on to the next uh, the next challenge in terms of this one's a bit more around, I guess, the tactical side of things in terms of right. We are looking to actually do some marketing, generate some business, all that kind of thing. But obviously there's been the current situation. So this person says, our budgets have been hit quite hard over the last few months for fairly obvious reasons why. I don't want to stop marketing as I know it will hurt us down the line, but we need to be careful with what we spend it on. What would you suggest? And I guess what I'm hearing is, first of all, this is a good question because they recognize that they can't stop marketing. Otherwise their pipeline 90 days 180 days from now will really start to show it. And that's the thing with marketing. It's not a one-off event. It's a process that never stops. So that's a good thing. First of all, that person has recognized it, but I guess they're now thinking, where do they get the maximum value considering maybe a smaller budget? And obviously we don't have the context of what they've been doing and all that kind of thing. But I guess more of the frame for the question is, if you had a reduced spend, where would you focus your efforts? And not just, I guess, Time, uh, money, money-wise, but time as well. So, Jake, where would you sort of think? Because you're the you're the equity guy, you're the hidden equity guy, and, and maybe this won't even be a marketing answer because there's so much that you could look at. Yeah. Um, again, without without content, I mean, this is one of those things where deeper questions are kind of need to be. Origin point is important. Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure what kind of business it is. I, I think it it's kind of really depends on what really drives. I mean, what drives the business? Is it, is it, you know, if their sales process is dialed in and they have capacity in order to onboard clients and bringing in, if they got 10 more clients tomorrow, if that wouldn't break the business, then their marketing efforts, I say, well, okay, well now we need to think about front end pipeline. 
especially if you're, you're digging, you know, let's dig the well before we need it. Absolutely. Um, if, if, um, you know, if they're, if they're not spending money on front end pipeline and that's not how they're driving your business and they rely mostly on authentic, um, organic based kind of, you know, relationship building, then I say, you know, go strong on, on copy, go strong on copy and content, you know, um, it's hard to say without knowing the business, but I think you have to really kind of recognize, like break down the system and see where the bottlenecks are and, and really kind of look at, you know, you know, if, if we brought in 10 clients tomorrow, we would be able to handle it. And if the answer is no, then you have systems problems. Well, I would actually be better at fulfillment, um, be better at, at kind of that backend process to being more profitable on the back end Cause that's going to require you to not have to spend more money on the front end. You know, like be more profitable with what you have, with the flow that you have, and you don't have to create more flow until you, until you get that fixed and then you can add more to it. Um, and I think that that's kind of the problem I see with a lot of people coming in saying like, well, I need to spend more money. It's like, well, putting more money into a machine that's not working correctly is just going to hurt it even further, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but as far as like marketing goes, yeah, I mean, if you have the back end, you have a fulfillment process, then... I would, I would, you know, look at, you know, where are your people really coming from? Where are your best clients coming from? Where do you show up best? Um, you know, if you're a great storytellers and people love, you know, interacting with you and seeing you playing FIFA on the, you know, Friday and stuff like that, then it's content, you know, go, go content heavy. And if it's B2B and people need to see kind of white papers and absolute maximum results, then you need to focus on, you know, digging, you know, digging yourself into that, industry. I mean, it's kind of a tough, it's a tough question without knowing exactly what it is and the ins and outs, but I think it's something that should not be um, done. Like just be, you know, a flippant kind of like, Oh, we're just going to dump money here. Especially if you're worried about cuts and worried about, you know, we have, we have a finite amount of budget. Where do we spend it best? Well, I mean, you know, you got to kind of, you got to break it apart and see where the, see where the issues are. And then, um, I would kind of just, yeah, look at like, where was the best situations? What came from there? I mean, again, the old adage of, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall. We see this a lot with something when people get into a corner like this, you throw spaghetti at the wall, you find a noodle that sticks and you go, okay, well, that was cool. Then you go grab a whole handful of different noodles and you throw it against the wall. It's like, no, it's like that thing worked, you know, do Mm. that, do that again and again and again until you guys are right, until you guys figure it out, until you guys master it, then you can start thinking about other things. But it's, it's you know, fastest path to cash. Um, and that typically comes by looking at what, what was your fastest path to cash previously, so. Yeah, and, and completely agree. It's, it's difficult without context, but I guess one of the reasons why I think having you guys answer this is it's almost like what you touched on before. It's really not necessarily about giving somebody the answer. It's asking them questions to go and think about themselves to help them answer themselves because maybe they are only thinking, right, well, we need to do the front end stuff, but actually they would be better considered not going and doing the things that they might have been doing on the front end, but actually now looking at possibly the most valuable asset that any business has and that's it their existing clients and looking at right what more needs do my clients need can i service them in a different way can i create something that will serve them in a in a different way can i go to my clients and you know see if there are referrals that were in my clients all that kind of thing like it doesn't necessarily have to be all on that sexy front end stuff yeah it goes yeah, it goes back to our saw this conversation the first time we talked about. You know, it's kind of like you have you have those assets in there, and and investing in investing in expansion growth is the dollar goes a lot further than net new, um, mm-hmm. you know, investment. So, and net new being new people coming in, new prospects, new stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Expansion is basically saying, hey, listen, we have something that works. These people, that how can we grow this business and grow our piece of the pie versus going off and trying to steal someone else's. That's an expensive move. So if you do, if you're budgeted, then sometimes growing your own pie is the is the fastest way to actually hit that growth um, trajectory that you really, really kind of desire. And Amy, the uh, any any sort of thoughts um, to add to what Jake said there? Um, I agree with everything. I think when I first saw this question, the my instinctive response was. Well, what's worked in the past? Like, what have you done that worked in the past? 
understand that, look at the data um, and go, you know, more in on what works. It, if you've got a limited budget, it, marketing is always trial and error. It's always um, working out and, and putting the time in until you work out what happens and what work, what will be best for you. So maybe it's not the time for trial and error in the budget. It's time to just look at what has worked in the past. It worked and then invest in more of that and, and don't start doing experimental marketing. And, you know, we've never ever run Facebook ads and we've got a limited budget. Let's try Facebook ads. Probably wouldn't be the best thing to do because you're going to burn your budget um, doing that. But, but the other things have worked. And, and also, I guess the other thing I thought we've already said, you need more context, but if they're cash poor and time rich, um, then, uh, you know, they have lots of capacity because they've lost some clients, things like that. Then content, you know, you can con lots of content um, with different formats and, and different ways that you can create content and, and going in and looking at the things that you can do that require more time of your team and you as well, like reaching out to current clients and having conversations of who they could refer you on to, looking at people who've inquired in the past, asking if they'd like to jump on a call, see if you could help them, things that are, more um, heavy dependent on time so if you look at you know you may not have much cash but you do have time so how can you deploy the time effectively to those marketing activities but um but yeah and, and i agree with everything said before but just it's not probably the time to burn that budget on experiments if you know what mm. works absolutely it's it's yeah it is the worst time to go and um, you know try new things because if you've got that limited amount, then that'll burn really quickly. Especially if you a don't know what you're doing, you're just trying it yourself, or b you just you, even when you go and find help for that kind of thing, there is that learning phase anyway, and that's I think what a lot of people and you know people here uh, and on this call and and on the panel that that work with clients from an agency perspective will will tell you all about that. Sometimes clients don't understand that there is that experimentation phase required between agency and client. And it has to actually be factored into some of the things, but the magic bullet is the thing that people want. And therefore that's what they, uh, they're, they're hoping to pay for. And, you know, sometimes you hit it out of the park straight away, but really, you know, it's, it's about learning the process between the two. So, I mean, Chris, would you sort of have anything to add, um, obviously without the additional context, but has anything come to mind? No, I think uh, Jacob and Amy have covered pretty much everything in the bulk of it. What I would say for anyone in this situation, remember there's entire industries that cannot use advertising platforms like Facebook or Google ads or anything else. Guess what? They're still doing okay. So, you know, if you've got time poor, sorry, if you're time rich, cash poor right now, it's not about what you can create that's fancy. It's about what you can start putting time into and actually doing differently. And I think, you know, everything that we talked about content and everything else is great, but outreach, like it's something that we don't really talk about a lot. And we're constantly kind of in this make-believe land where everything we put out should just automatically bring this influx of leads to us. We shouldn't have to do anything. And actually, you know, all the social platforms require you to be more social. Mm. So if you're more social, you will get a hundred times more engagement and you will be involved and in front of a hundred times more people. So get out there, connect with your ideal customers create content for them, get involved in their conversations. You don't have to start every conversation. You can be part of a bigger conversation. And that's where people really miss out on the, uh, the quick wins as they're looking for some silver magic bullet that just makes everything happen for them automatically. Yeah, it's a very good point. And, you know, unfortunately there is a lot of talk out there that, you know, it's, it's, it's a magic button. You just, you know, invest this in Facebook and, you know, one pound in becomes a million on the other side, all that kind of thing. And you know, if that's what you're thinking about, and that was the, what the question was around, I don't think it was, but you know, you're going to, you, you're going to get found out basically. But I, I think the, uh, yeah, the, the outreach side of things, it's, it's all about connection, having conversations. And I guess if, if uh, another way of, uh, of, looking at this problem, if it is just purely, we need some front end side of things and all the rest of it. Maybe it's like, I guess the theme that I'm hoping this podcast becomes, but it's also really an example of, I think the ultimate, you know, one of the leverage tools that we all have, but we don't always take advantage of is that is others collaborate, a rising tide lifts all ships. So finding other businesses and adding value to them and their audience and their clients and doing it vice versa. That will expose you to a, you know, completely new audiences that will allow people to get to know you on a very different level. And you're not spending upfront. Like partnerships are one of the, the, the best ways of doing it. 
built an entire business from zero to seven figures, an events big business based purely or pretty much purely on that. If you've got nothing, go and offer somebody else value in a different way. Like I, I think that that is one thing that you can do. Um, it's, it's an incredible leverage tool. And that is one of the things it's like you forget the things that worked. Actually, reciprocal partnerships can be one of the most beneficial joint ventures. I know Jake, you're a massive, massive fan of them, that kind of thing. We don't have time to go into those because I am very aware that we are approaching the top of the hour. So I just want to say thank you all ever so much for your input, for joining me. It's been awesome. I'm two hours into this and I'm going to see if I can keep my energy up for the last hour because yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is intense, but I like it. So, um, guys, I am going to just bring it back up your, um, uh, you know, where to find you. Um, Chris, uh, is socialinc.co. Amy is content10x.com and Jake is destinedtoscale.com. Um, parting words. Is there anything else that you'd like to let people know about where they can connect with you if they haven't already? Let's, uh, ladies first with Amy at the end. Uh, no, content10x.com is definitely the best place. I'm on LinkedIn as well. You'll find me there. And um, I try to be funny on other social media platforms like Instagram and places like that. So you'll find me there too. All, all that content next, very easy to find. <laughs> well, the big question is, will we see you playing FIFA against Chris no, in, a, in a future yeah. time? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> Chris? Well, we want to have a game of FIFA with anybody who's interested. So please let us know. Uh, that's become our new thing. But if not, you can find us at sociallink.co and again, chrisbruno.co if you'd like to find out more about myself or uh, what we've been doing as a business. Awesome. And Jake? Uh, yeah. So destinthescale.com. You can check us out there. Um, typically, uh, Facebook is the fastest way to get a hold of me, message me. Um, I also started doing a lot of regular rooms on Clubhouse. Um, I do that pretty much daily. Um, and it's been fantastic. That's, that's been, that's actually been a big shift for us. It's amazing. So if, if you mm. want to check that out, um, let me know if you need an invite. I have lots of them. Um, but yes, you very um, kindly provided with me with one. So thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But other than that, so we have uh, lots of lots of virtual events planned for this year. So that's a big push for us this year. Lots of virtual events. So if you ever want to come and and join us and talk about scaling your business, and we have and they're they're affordable. But uh, that's our interaction thing. So yeah, let me know. And uh, I think you got one tomorrow, haven't you? Is it tomorrow? I have a two day starting Friday, Friday and Saturday Friday. all day. Yeah, that's the first one of the year. It's a big one. It's a big one. Well, so. Even yeah. more gratitude to, for you for you coming here because I know uh, planning these sort of things is, uh, yeah, it takes a lot more time than you realize. So yeah. um, thank you guys ever so much for being here. It's been wonderful to connect with you again. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed the format. It's, um, it's a little different. So yeah, playing with it, getting used to it. So thank you ever so much for being part of it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Great talking to you. Nice meeting you guys. Cheers. Right. So panel two done. Um, we have a couple of the guys in the, uh, in the room waiting for the next session. So, um, yeah, uh, I really do hope that listening to this, watching this, you're starting to see where I'm trying to take this with really just getting into the mind of people that have been doing or running businesses for a while, have got the scars, got the battle scars, they've got the wins. And really it's, it's about, I think as Jake touched on there, it's, it's kind of what I'm trying to do is help people ask themselves and each other better questions because that will allow everybody to really, uh, yeah, that, that rising tide lifts all ship, the collaborative approach, because, you know, that again, the old saying, a problem shared is, is, is a problem halved. I think it's so true. And I think if we, if we, if we really think about how we, I guess I, I have this belief and this view that, Rather than trying to change the world, if you just try and change or help the person next to you and encourage them to do the same, it's that collaborative and that ripple effect that will actually do the good that everybody wants to be able to do, most of us want to do. So that's kind of where I'm going with this. If we can have one person submit a challenge or a dilemma that they're going through and um, the guests and I can sort of bounce ideas of how we would go ahead uh, or go 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 and solve that challenge or that kind of thing and just help one other person. Maybe it will help others out there. 
and it will make a positive impact and a positive difference. So that's where I'm going with this show. That's why I was so excited to bring on um, the six that have been on, but as excited to bring on the next three that are sitting here patiently waiting in the, uh, in the green rooms. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also, to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my book, the Conversational Relationship Marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you. And if you have enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed. You'll get updated as the new episodes come out. And finally, last favor, please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one. They mean the world for me. I love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well. So if you want to go and do that, I'd really appreciate it. But until next time, have an awesome day and we'll speak soon.